Today is September the 13th. What does it mean to love your wife? Let's find out together as we look at Genesis 5 and then three passages in the New Testament. So on Sunday we spoke in the sermon about uh, family, how the image of God in each of us uh, plays out in our families. Uh, families consist of five distinct relationships. The relationship of a husband to his wife, the relationship of a wife to her husband, the relationship of parents to children, the relationship of children to parents, and then the relationship among children, among siblings. So I thought this week we'd take one day and look at each one of those relationships in the Bible. Today, the relationship of husband and wife. We first run across that very much in the context of the image of God being given to man. In Genesis chapter 2, after chapter 1 and into chapter 2, God creates at the end of each day, he says, it's good, and he just goes on. <laughs> um, he says that, I believe, five times in the first week, and then he ends on the sixth day saying it's very good. Well, now that's the context when we come across Genesis 2, 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. Now that's the New Living Translation. The older translations say, I'll make a help meet for him. And still others, I'll make a helper appropriate to him. Things of that sort. We'll spend more time looking at what that means tomorrow. Today we're focusing on the husband in the relationship. After God says it's not good for the man to be alone, he invites Adam to name all of the animals. And at first, it's kind of a confusing passage. You wonder if God is kind of lost his creative ability and he needs some help giving a, a name now to each one of the animals. But actually that entire passage is explained by the last phrase in verse 20. After Adam gives names to all of the wild animals, all the domesticated animals, all the birds of the sky, Scripture says, but still, there was no helper just right for him. God's purpose in allowing Adam to name the animals was to give Adam the chance to see all of the animals and to realize that his helper is not in the animal kingdom. Then God causes a deep sleep to come over Adam he takes a rib from Adam's side, and out of that he creates woman. Very symbolic, very significant. It's the first time all of the other animals 
were created from the dust of the ground. The uh, bull and the cow were created separately. Uh, male dog, female dog, uh, males and females were created from the dust, but not woman. Woman was created from part of man. Now it's a symbolic act on God's part. His purpose is to show that the creation of woman is unique. Uh, the woman is a part of man. And so when they come together, they form one body again. Now, as soon as, as uh, Adam wakes up from his sleep, uh, verse 23 says, at last, <laughs> finally, this is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken from man. Then we have two verses that are Moses' commentary years, centuries later on the creation of Adam and Eve. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother. There is no father and mother yet. Adam is the first man, Eve the first woman. This explains why a man leaves father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Um, I like the King James at this point. This is why the man leaves father and mother and cleaves to his wife. There is a leaving and there is a cleaving. The two become one. Now, <clears throat> throughout the Old Testament, we have example of example of bad examples of husbands loving their wives. We have husbands being unfaithful to their wives. We have husband not providing for their wives. We have husbands actually uh, at, at, at points uh, treating their wives as if they were barter items. Not at all what God intended for the relationship between a husband and his wife to be. Now we come to the New Testament and in the New Testament, I mentioned before, in the epistles, at the end of several epistles, we have what is called paranesis. The paranesis are just very, very short sermons on specific topics. And it's interesting that in Ephesians, Colossians, and 1 Peter, the paranesis includes how a husband is to treat his wife, how a wife is to treat her husband, parents to children, children to parents, masters to slaves, slaves to masters. What we read in Ephesians chapter 5 about um, how a husband is to treat his wife, in verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. 
Now the idea is not so much here, it's not a focus on making your wife holy and clean. But it is love. And love patterned after Christ's love for the church. The way that love was expressed between Christ and the church, he gave his life for. Husbands, love your wives that way. Give yourself fully to her. We read on uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and in verse 19, Husbands, love your wives. Never treat them harshly. Hmm. Very interesting. That word harshly is actually don't be embittered toward them. Don't carry bitterness in your heart toward them. Um, <clears throat> that word is used four times in the New Testament. The other three, all three of them, are in the book of Revelation. Uh, talking about literal bitterness. The waters became bitter when the stars of the sky fell into them. Um, John was to take the scroll and actually eat it, and it would be bitter in his stun stomach, but then it would taste sweet as honey. Uh, bitterness uh, also means to be quick-tempered, to be harsh. So in our treatment of our wives, guard your temper. Don't be harsh. Be gentle as you deal with your wife. And then finally in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, Peter says to the husbands, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She might be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Uh, honor her and um, treat her with understanding. Now, I like what Peter says. I think he's really explaining what it means to love her. Treat her with honor. Find opportunities to build her up, to uh, tell her what she means to you. Be understanding. Don't worry so much about being understood by her. Worry about understanding her first and foremost. Peter goes on to say, she is your equal partner in the new life that God has given you. Far too many times men treat their wives as unequal partners. Um, we need to stop that. We need to treat our wives with honor and respect. We need to seek to understand them and we need to understand that we are in this together. They are equal to us. 
So my question for you, men, how do you treat your wife? Do you honor her? Do you seek to understand her? Do you give her the equal status that God gives her in the new life that he's given us? Like, honor, subscribe, and share this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question, doesn't the Bible put women in a subservient role? <laughs>